Hello and welcome to Consumer and Customer Centricity, which is my podcast for myself, Martin Newman, Consumer Champion. I'm delighted as always to be joined by the lovely Layla, by the equally delightful Dave, <laughs> and by the wonderful Marie Claire. Thank you all for joining. So it's been a little while since we've spoken and it's great to catch up with you again. Today we're going to talk about marketplaces and specifically the rise of marketplaces and how they are changing the way that we shop as consumers. But before we get into that detail, what I would love to do is just as always is kind of kick off and ask you just a few questions to get a sense of how you're feeling about things. We're now a quarter into the year, we're into the second quarter, we're into April, and it would just be good to get an idea of you know, whether anything's changed for you or how you're sensing things are out there. So Leila, if I can kick off with you and just ask you, how are you feeling about the economy and in just in general terms, the kind of mood music? Is is the uh, sprouting of daffodils filling you with hope or are you still feeling dread about the way the economy looks and everything else? How are you feeling generally? Um, well, I think that the um, any kind of, you know, sprouts of hope have been kind of supported by um, quite a big rent increase that I've had um, recently this month I think because I'm a um, shared ownership tenant so I rent part rent part buy and um, it normally goes up once a year but it's gone up quite a lot this year more so than in previous years and I know obviously that's a a knock-on you know symptom of the the interest rates um, increase so yeah I would love to say I'm feeling more optimistic about it but having a bigger hole in my pocket um, you know as of this month has sort of hit me quite hard. Right can we we don't need to you don't need to share the monetary value but in terms of sort of percentage how much has it increased? God I'd say do the maths now, five percent ish or so. Um, yeah, it's not. It's it, or more than that actually. Maybe well, up to yeah, five to ten percent. It's quite significant, I'd yeah. say. Yeah. Okay. So that's going to dampen your your spending activity. Do you think in the foreseeable future, or certainly for the next few months? Yeah, it's certainly making me think twice now, or think a little bit harder than previously about whether I really need to, you know, go out for that meal or yeah. buy that item. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Marie Claire, what about you? Because you've got a you've got a family, so you've got multiple multiple mouths to feed and people to think about. So how how are you feeling about everything? Um, well, I think we've just had a couple of unpredictable things happened um, in the last couple of months. One, a boiler uh, <laughs> need to change the boiler, which has always felt like that. You know, when's it going to go? Um, and it was you know just had to get done. And um, the clutch went on my car. Yeah. when I was coming off the M1 which was scary and hairy oh. but also I sort of felt like again it was a I have no idea how much this is going to cost mm. it was about 700 quid to get fixed but it's got to get fixed yeah. and there's that feeling also that um you know small businesses we're very loyal to the local garage that you know we always use for MOTs and stuff but you also have to accept they're having to increase costs and because they've everybody's been suffering um so I think there's just that sort of feeling of you know it can feel a bit what's it going to be next um need to break a match so there isn't a third thing but because everything else is um predictably increased the unpredictable things are a bit more um anxiety inducing yeah of course oh crikey sorry to hear about that that must have been quite heavy I, I 
It's been a long time since I've been in a car when a clutch has gone, mainly because I've been driving automatics for quite a long time. But that must have been uh, that must have been quite quite worrying. And I mean, presumably you had to get someone out on the M1, did you? You had to get the the AA or somebody else to come and help you. Yeah, had to get the AA out, and I thought we still had a contract. And then they said, "Oh, you haven't. You must have cancelled it." And I know when we cancelled it, which was in lockdown where I just sort of went through a load of direct debits and was like, Carl, Carl, these, we're not going anywhere. I just forgot to renew it. So it was another pay up front cost. Okay. So doesn't rain, but it pours. It was an expensive um, day. It made me it made me think of I've got an electric vehicle now and I was coming back from Bournemouth. I was I was there seeing my youngest daughter Saskia on a plane. We came back. We're actually just there for the day and we came back and I had real range anxiety because I knew that I was going to be really tight on mileage to get back because I was only able to top up a little bit while I was down in Bournemouth. I actually ended up getting home with 19 miles left and I turned off the radio, the air conditioning and everything. It was bloody freezing in the car, but just to make sure I had enough mileage to get back because my fear was what happens actually if I, if I, you know, if I basically run out of a battery on the motorway, you know, are the AA or any of these entities even, have they got the ability or the facilities to get me back on the road? I have no idea. And actually, it's something I really need to look into. So I guess at least they were able to help you out, albeit at a price. So I'm sorry to hear about what you've been through there, because when you add all that up, it's a fairly significant whack. What about yourself, Dave? How are, how are things with you and how are you feeling about things currently? Yeah, um, me, I'm looking forward to there just being longer, sunnier days. Um, I know that sounds literally blue sky thinking, but I just can't wait to not need a hot water bottle, even though I look forward to those winter days and getting into bed with one with some hot ginger and lemon tea. But yeah, just being able to, you know, not turn on the heating, not have to put on extra layers and make those sacrifices and stuff like that. In terms of like going shopping and stuff, um, it, it is starting to grind upon me now. But um, one, the cost of things that I normally buy are going up. So just my general meals are becoming luxuries, should it be this way. And the other one is that I don't particularly like being a slave to loyalty cards. I don't want to have to look at the regular price and then look at the club card price and then have to bring the club card with me and get all my spending tracked, even though that's how they work. Um, and I guess the other thing is, if I'm not near a Tesco and I go to a Sainsbury's, but I've seen the Tesco prices now, that big jump is so is so vast that you, you realise, yeah, where those discounts are, the sacrifice you've got to make, or whether you got to plan one shop at one supermarket, and then it, it's sort of splitting my mind in that way. Um, are you doing? I mean, are you are you proactively kind of price comparing when you're doing your grocery shopping now? I mean, are you actively looking at what's happening across those different grocers or um i'm not i think there's an app for that and if there is i should probably download it because i remember a few years ago not even in you know this current decade i had a friend that was doing that um but no just the mental inventory that i've got just kind of goes well that was only five pound last week and now it's nine are you sure yeah 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 it's, it's a difficult time i mean it you know, again, at the beginning of the year, I predicted the second half of the year would be better than the first. So I'm keeping my, my fingers and my toes crossed for that. I don't think we've, um, we probably thought earlier in the year that, you know, food price inflation and other elements of inflation might fall a bit quicker 
Um, it seems to be going the it seems to be going the other way, <laughs> rather than rather than going the way we need it to go. But um, I'm still confident that that inflation will start to unwind as we go through this year, and hopefully interest rates, hopefully interest rates will as well. Hopefully we've peaked, but we shall see. Um, but you know, again, it's an interesting point Marie Claire raised, just with you know the things that you don't plan for, just life, the stuff that happens that you haven't predicted that ends up you know you know costing you an arm and a leg for. Things that you hadn't be, be that you hadn't prepared for, i.e., your boiler going or your clutch going in your car or whatever it happens to be, right? It's all those, it's all that kind of unpredictable um, expenditure that you, I guess, you have to account for as well, which is particularly challenging. Just in terms of when you are shopping, are you finding that just generally? Because there's been a general trend that you know during the pandemic. I mean, before the pandemic, online was growing fairly rapidly uh, during the pandemic. It spiked massively and everyone, lots of people were predicting, you know, the sort of 10 years or 15 years of digital transformation in a, in a few weeks, which I suppose to some extent we did see. But then I kind of always sensed that as human beings, we're all very sociable animals and we want to be out there, you know, with, with our friends and our family and experiencing the real world and having been locked down for quite a bit of time as we were, I thought that would be the case. Are you finding that you're spending less time and or spending less online now than you were before and you're actually getting, you know, you're enjoying that experience of getting out and about to the shops or whatever? I mean, it's just being in that physical environment. Marie Claire. I, to be honest, I've never been a very happy online shopper unless it was books or something like that that I know is, but I still would prefer to, give the money to an independent bookshop if I'm honest um but then sometimes you just have read one thriller and want the next one straight away um but I'm I've never been particularly good at buying clothes online or anything like that so I not that I'm spending a load of money on clothes but if I'm going to buy something the experience of going into the store is more rewarding for me um if anything has been ordered online it's far more likely it's going back because it doesn't fit or it doesn't feel how I envisaged. Um, so I, I would say the only things that I, kids clothes, I might get online or something like that. But again, it might be school uniform. It's not really, um, it, it's kind of just necessity. Yes. Um, I still, yeah, still like the experience of going into a shop and having that connection. Um, and I, even if it's food shopping, not that I'm going out to make connections when I'm food shopping, but I'm almost, you know, if you've just got to go to a till and uh, not have an interaction with a human, it feels a bit soulless as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agreed. Leila, what about yourself? Um, I think, well, so during the pandemic, I definitely, um, I think I started, uh, switched to online food shopping for the first time and I've kind of never looked back with that really because it is so convenient and I think it's um to marry Claire's point it, it depends on whether you you know what you're going to get um so I think if it's clothes for example like I do tend to kind of buy sort of half in store half online but I'm you know online sometimes can be quite um, I find it quite irritating having to kind of go through reams and reams and reams of things and you're kind of taking a punt as to whether you're going to pay postage and then have to go through the hassle of going back to the post office or to return things and also you know unless you're going using like a marketplace like ASOS or something that you're paying a sort of nominal postage fee every time so that money is being wasted if you're then sending things back 
Um, I think, you know, where, when it comes to things like electronics, um, I prefer to shop online just because I think you have access to a bigger range of things. And also you can kind of predict like you don't need to physically go into a store and like touch the product to sort of know roughly what you're going to get. Um, and basic items as well, if I can buy those online, I will do. But yeah, things where you kind of need to sort of touch the thing but in order to know what you're getting into, um, definitely better in store. Right, got you. And, and as you said, those kind of add-on costs become potentially a barrier as well to you when you can when you don't have to incur those when you go into a physical environment. Yeah. What about you, Dave? Anything anything changed there for you in terms of your patterns of behaviour around shopping? Um, no, I only got stuff during the pandemic that I needed replacing. Um, so I didn't really have uh, too much of an online shopping experience. I knew that I needed it and the chances of needing to return it were quite low. Um, although I do remember, this is an old-fashioned thing, I went to my post office to try and get stamps, and I could not get to the front of the queue for the amount of returns that were in front of me that the post office person had to deal with uh, before I could just literally buy one book of stamps. So I kind of wanted to jump the queue with that one. Um, and then the high street, um, it's just good to be out there uh, breathing fresh air and um, at least getting to know those that are working on the high street and the independent shops and boutiques to know to give a nod to or say hello. Yeah, um, I do miss that and I do treasure that as well, particularly if you've got, you might have your strip of shops that are just Pretz, Costas, chain stores, Tesco, metros and stuff like that. But then some towns, um, definitely around my leafy areas, you do have those old fashioned, you know, just comparably, um, old fashioned and independent compared to the commercial high streets. And um, I've, I've definitely been enjoying a lot of window shopping, window shopping. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, and window decorating that's been done. Yeah. You know, shops are really trying to get you in with those. And I really appreciate looking at those. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, I, I, I love getting out and about, I must admit. I mean, I've all, you know, from now, I, I quite enjoy shopping generally. I know I'm slightly unusual as a man from that perspective. If I'm going to be, if I'm going to talk about stereotypes, but I really enjoy it. And I definitely feel that, you know, having having been locked down and having the opportunity to be in back in the real world, I think it'd be such a shame not to take advantage of that. So, but I, I think for me, the, the convenience of online is always going to be there, providing it is convenient. And to the points that you've, you've kind of all raised, I guess, if retailers are going to charge for returns and they're going to charge for deliveries or they're going to make it challenging for you with regards to things that you buy online and what happens if it's not right, then it does turn it from being a convenient experience into something a bit more onerous. And I think, you know, some of the brands that do well to address addressing that are the likes of Shoe, who have a 365-day returns policy, or Bowdoin, who have a 365-day product quality guarantee, which in my mind takes it even a stage further than, you know, so what they're doing is they're essentially de-risking it for you buying it online they're saying don't worry about it if it isn't quite right or something happens to the product you know we're we're good for it we we stand behind the quality of what we're selling you you know and i think any way the retailers can can go about just taking away some of those barriers will continue to will continue to ensure that it's seen as a as a convenience um but of course certain products lend themselves to being in a physical environment fashion you know certainly being one of them and even although fashion does do particularly well online and is one of the biggest product categories online, you know, there's a, a large percentage of consumers will always want to go and buy their fashion in a physical environment, try it on first. 
Thank you for that. Thanks for the update. Um, sorry to hear of the different scenarios that you've painted there. I know it's a, it's a, a continually uh, challenging period, but like I said, hopefully, fingers crossed, second half of this year, we'll see some uh, we'll see some green shoots to go with those daffodils that are coming out now. Um, I want to move us on to the, the sort of deep dive that we're going to talk about, which is around marketplaces. And I want to start just by asking you all about the term marketplace, because I think it has evolved and it's probably evolved in my mind in terms of how people feel about it. But I want to get your I want to get your sense. Um, Dave, let's start with you. What do you when you hear the term marketplace? What do you what is it? What does it bring up in your mind? Uh, it brings up um, those jingles uh, that are being advertised to me at the moment by Vinted and eBay and Spock. Just like, you know, is your wardrobe too full? Is it out of date? Why not get rid of your stuff? That's immediately what I think of marketplaces. Um, I think eBay's the original one. And I'd assume that it would be just going off the word, not, you know, just taking your answer way too deep here. Uh, your question way too deep here. Uh, just a place to exchange goods online. Um, which I'm not an advocate for because I've had bad experiences. Uh, but equally, I can appreciate that we've got a circular economy um, now. So people will get rid of old clothes, send them to neighbours and stuff like that. Um, me personally, I buy secondhand camera lenses. Um, they're something that keep their value. Um, so it's still an expensive habit to be buying camera lenses, though I need them to do the work that I do. Yeah. Um, but what I like to call the Sony tax, which is just how pricey that they are, is a bit too high. I'll go check the second hand market and I'll get them there. Um, I'm not a big fan of buying from other people, uh, directly from other people. So I wouldn't just have done it on eBay. Bad, just because you've had a bad experience or two there. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't do it on eBay, but MPB, I don't actually know what that stands for, <laughs> um, is where I buy my lenses, which is where other people have sent their lenses into a warehouse and then you check stuff to buy on that and they're sent out to you from the warehouse and I trust those as places because I guess they've done their own diligence on checking the quality of everything particularly yeah. such a high ticket item um, okay. but yeah it's, it's, it's great if you're trying to save a bit or indeed make a bit but that's where I got stung okay fair enough thanks for sharing that Leila what about yourself the term marketplace what does it conjure up in your mind um, so for me, it conjures up things like Amazon, Etsy, eBay. So, um, you know, kind of locations, like all destinations, I guess, online that give you access to a wider range of products. So they can be, um, you know, helpful if you're if you're looking for one specific thing. And, you know, rather than having to kind of go, you know, jump between multiple different websites, for example, you can compare everything in one place. Um and yeah, and then obviously then you've got the Ebays, which um, I think are very positive things, you know, people kind of, you know, upcycling or selling on things that, that are pre-owned. So that's kind of the two sides of it for me. Thank you. That's a pretty good definition. Uh, Marie Claire. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I've had good and bad experiences with eBay selling and um, buying, but I've also, I've, I sort of, have used Facebook marketplace recently as well to get rid of things that I sort of thought I'm going to put it on here at low price just because I can't bear the idea it was a shed a garden shed 
couldn't bear the idea of it just being deconstructed and gone mm -hmm. but also somebody had to come who would be able to take it down remember how they took it down because there were no instructions um and it went and I was so pleased because I thought someone's got you know a bargain here we're not just taking it to the tip mm. um and I think what I'm noticing more and more um is a lot of people around where we live just putting stuff outside and saying take this whether it's old kind of baby toys or whatever yeah. there seems to be um and I don't know if it's because there are, there are less accessible charity shops where we live quite centrally in London. Um, it feels like it, it hurts just to get rid of stuff. And I'm, when I say get rid of it, just people putting it in the trash. Mm. Um, Vinted, somebody told me about when I was on holiday once and I signed up to it and I'd never sold a thing. And then it just annoyed me that I felt just take it to the charity shop because you're not really trying to make money. It, no, nothing I was selling was of, of any value. But people were saying to me, oh, I've made hundreds of it. I don't know how they have. Um, presumably, so that I, was, uh, presumably that was luxury brands that they were they were reselling on there, I would think. Yeah, probably. And maybe that's not what I was yeah. selling. Um, but also, I don't know whether this is relevant, but some shops feel like marketplaces now in the sense that if I go online to M&S, for example... I've got nobody's child popping up and jewel. So I don't know if that feels like is that a marketplace? I'm gonna I'm gonna come on and talk about that in a bit. So thank you for thank you for mentioning that. We'll, we'll, I'll bring you back to that uh, in a little bit. Can I ask you if you were buying fashion online, Leila? Where would you? I mean, where would be? Your, or in fact, just if you were buying fashion generally, where where would you be your first port of call? Um, so, I mean, I'm trying to wean myself off ASOS because it's so convenient and, um, and quick and easy. But um, that would probably, if I was looking for something quick, then, um, then somewhere like ASOS. Um, also, I uh, have gone on to Etsy in the past if, you, if I'm looking for something that's vintage um, or eBay even. So, like, say, um, I've been looking recently for an aviator jacket, like a kind of real old school looking one. And, um, you know, having a look on places like Etsy, you kind of you see a lot more stuff that's, um, you know, like I wouldn't go to, to ASOS, for example, for something like that. So um, it's nice to sort of see things that have been pre-owned as well. Um, I haven't yet been on to Vinted, but I have downloaded the app which is the first step because I've got a few things that I'm you know I would like to to get rid of I mean I guess to um again to Mary Kerr's previous point um I did go through a phase a few years ago of selling kind of old items of clothing on eBay but for like very very low cost and I found that the um that I had way more time back then and I found that it was actually the amount of money that gets kind of deducted after you've taken out postage and everything fees it kind of it's hardly worth it really it's a lot of effort to go to to you know upload the photographs mm. write the descriptions go to the post office that yeah, I just sort of stopped doing it, which is a shame, but um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, thank you for that. Good feedback. Mary Claire, segueing on for what you're mentioning about no, nobody's child being available on M&S, have you really become aware of the fact that M&S now stocks a whole plethora of other brands outside of its own brand? Yeah, and I'm going to go back to Leila's point earlier that sometimes I find it's too much. If I just want to put in a top, like a quick top that I'm going to go out in, I'm, I'm overwhelmed by how many different offerings they've got. And then I just check out. 
And it's not because I'm, you know, only wedded to wearing an MS top, but sometimes they've just got it right for £19. It's not going to break the bank, but it's new. Um, and then it seems to have too many products for me to possibly get through. And then I just give up. Interesting. I mean, because I think, to be honest with you, I think one of the my instinct is one of the reasons for their turnaround because you know they've 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 successfully driven the business back in the right direction. I'm sure there's lots of reasons for it, but I my instinct is at the heart of it is is the broadening of the range because I think the challenge that MS had as a brand is that for many years, you know, I mean the food business has always done well, but for quite a long time, the fashion business, the homewares and other categories were not progressing, we're not growing, we're going in the wrong direction, partly because maybe slightly younger consumers were maybe feeling less engaged or felt that the product was less relevant possibly for them. So bringing on those other brands, while they might not be relevant for you, not from an age point of view, but because you are a loyal MS customer, but while you might not be necessarily attracted to those brands, I think they are doing a pretty good job of probably helping them bring back, bring back customers or even introduce them to new customers who who wouldn't have thought about buying you know uh, clothing from them before. Dave, do you uh, do you buy anything from MS or Next? Out of curiosity. Yeah, I do actually. Um, my underwear investments are thoroughly Marks and Spencer. Start me there, Dave. I'll start me there. What you do in your spare time is none of our business. No, I'm joking. Carry on your underwear, your undergarment investments. Please do. Yeah, just to reiterate uh, that point, uh, I'm talking about really well-heeled socks that last a long time uh, <laughs> and breathable vests, and that's that's where it stops. But no, um, I wear my socks every day in the trainers. I want to feel like, you know, they're not just going to be um, shredded to bits and thrown in the bin. So yeah, I, lo I love a bit of Urban S just for those um, staple items that feel quality and you're going to feel good in. Yep. Great stuff, thank you. And Leila, do you buy from Next or MS? Um, I don't. I mean, I buy food from MS, but um, I don't tend to shop there, especially not online. I think I would, I wouldn't necessarily go to the fashion side of things. I think, and actually, more recently, when I've been, I think I did go on the Next website not that long ago looking for something, and was quite surprised to find that it had turned into a marketplace. I found it a bit overwhelming, so. I was a bit like, oh, I don't know, I haven't got time for that. So kind of logged off. But um, but yeah, I mean, I guess it's good to see that it is somewhere that you could go if you wanted to find like a big range of things. Like, you know, thinking of like staple items or kind of furniture items, that type of thing. That's really interesting that both of you have kind of made that comment that you found it a bit, you know, you find those two different brands a bit overwhelming with the, with the, with the choice of products. I guess some of that will come down to how that is creatively how how those products are displayed and and also the functionality of the website i mean it, you know if the website has a good search function and has good you know category taxonomy then it shouldn't be that difficult um ideally for you to find what you're looking for but i guess if you weren't expecting to see that bread from the first place i can imagine why it might be a, a little overwhelming but i think it's been a very interesting move because these brands have i think found a way of increasing the frequency of which customers come back and increasing you know how much people spend when they go there on average because of the breadth of choice that they have now whilst also making them more accessible to maybe a broader sort of segment of customers that may not have bought from them before so i'm pretty sure they're doing the the maths on it but one mm -hmm. thing that would be in 
interesting is just to, you know, from, from their perspective, is to make sure that they have got visibility of the people that, for, for you know, for the reasons that you've outlined, maybe initially go the other way, because actually you find it too much. So, you know, how you, how they, how they ensure they get, you know, they offer up the range of products in a way that's, that's appropriate for important segments of customers like yourselves is really important. But I think there's more and more brands that are going down that, going down that path. And I do think that, you know, that's not, it's not a trend that's going away. It's a trend that's probably going to accelerate, I would imagine. Um, what would make you go to a brand, if you were choosing to go to a brand directly, um, Leila, what would be the reason for that? You know, if if you had a choice of a marketplace versus a brand and you decided to go to the brand directly, what would, what would be the reason for that? I think um, for it would be an ethical thing for me if I could. So um, I, you know, I think it's well publicized that Amazon's not really the most ethical company out there. And I did go through a phase of trying to, um, you know, rather than just going straight to Amazon, even if I find something on there to kind of then seek out the, indiv- the independent company separately and then buy from their website. And it was slightly short lived because there are a couple of things that I found on the website, they've basically just integrated the Amazon API. So it takes you back to Amazon, or even if you buy it on that site, it's kind of still using Amazon as a vehicle to sell it. So, um, you know, and then obviously the the time and convenience factor um, as well. So sort of, you know, put pay to that a little bit, but um, but yeah, that that's the sort of the main reason. And also things like customer service, I think where, whereby sometimes I've bought something from Amazon, for example, obviously from a different seller. And then um, there was something where I bought it and a part was missing and I couldn't for love nor money contact. I couldn't get an answer from Amazon, obviously, because there's nothing they can do about it. But the um, the seller was pretty much un- uncontactable. So it's kind of like, you know, the brand there is almost missing out. They're forfeiting the opportunity to be able to give you better customer service yeah. um, in favor of greater exposure. So I guess for, for them, it's a question of, you know, weighing up the, the cost to potential cost of the brand versus the benefit of, um, you know, more profit, higher profit margins. But um, yeah, some it's the customer service and the availability. I think for me, so your perception is that you would get a better experience around that if you were going directly to a brand, basically, than engaging with the marketplace. What about yourself, uh, Michael? So I have been loyal to Clarence skincare for years having had terrible skin when I was younger. Well, we can see that, right? Because (laughs) It's very kind, but um, I think because I had really bad acne when I was young, it's somewhere where I won't compromise because this works. I'm almost terrified if I shifted to something else, I'll be back there. Um, But I would always go to them directly for their products. They're very good at um, samples, points, gifts getting it there to on time 10 pound on your birthday all that kind of stuff sort of says to me you know that and they're 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 very good also at um promoting how natural the products are a lot of the gifting that they um will sell send to you it will be in sort of uh you know hessian bags it's not just all you know the, the packaging is all cardboard all of that makes me feel good as well and it, it's just a bit of a a gift yeah there feels like there's quite good rewarding there um the if I was going into say um John Lewis you know directly to them 
the customer service experience is always really nice um, from anyone there. And they always, everybody always knows the product very well. So um, I possibly get it for online for convenience. And also um, I, I just like them as a company. So I'd rather probably go direct. Sure, sure. Listen, these are all, all very valid reasons. And what about yourself, Dave? Any preference? Um, I think I know if I'm going direct to a company, Marks and Spencers, for my um, officially licensed Star Wars Mandalorian socks with reinforced heel and lycra. And what's the other what's the other thing they put in there to really make them worth it? I think they got they're threaded with silver to help with breathability. Um, I know that experience is going to be consistent, and I know it's a bit of a cop out gift to get your father. But you know, if you're going to get socks. For Father's Day, for Christmas, or whatever, you're going to Marks and Spencers. So um I know that consistency's there and MS tend to be consistent with that kind of thing. Um but equally if I was gonna get something secondhand, um I'm less so doing it with clothes, although clothes is one example, definitely with the camera lenses I buy. Um if the seller's authentic on a marketplace and you know, not trying to um get a sly one past you check the ratings and reviews of course i'd kind of be wondering what stories does the item that i'm buying have to tell like who 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 was photographed with this camera lens or or what 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 famous motorcyclist might have worn this jacket that i bought or something like that you can't get that getting something first hand from a supermarket even if you do get right, it's true like actually that. it's very true and you you might have just single-handedly come up with a great new business idea because i mean i could be i could be wrong but i'm not aware of uh, brands that are maybe i'm sure there will be but I, I don't personally know of any obvious examples that come to mind of retailers that are in that sort of pre-loved recycled circular economy space that go the extra yards to tell you about the heritage of the product that you're buying i'm sure there will be and i'm sure people will tell us off the back of this um and that's made me now think I need to go and find people that are doing that. But that's a really, it's a great example, actually, of how you could really bring those pre-loved items to life and make them even more interesting and more, you know, more desirable. Just to say as well, though, that, you know, a marketplace is not only an environment for a secondhand product. Um, and I think the point I was trying to make is that, you know, the way that most businesses are going is they're looking to broaden their engagement with consumers. And one of the ways of doing that is by offering a broader range of products, which might mean not just their own brand, which is what Next and MS have kind of done as the as the I guess the probably the early adopters in that space, maybe five or six, seven years ago when they started doing that. Uh, but I think you will find more and more brands will go down that path where you'll be able to do it's a little bit like Amazon where, where you can go on right now and you can order. 10 things and eight of them might come from Amazon, but two of them might come from the brand directly. So you know you're getting different deliveries coming in, for example. You know, it's it's a kind of dropship model. Um, or it might not be, they might still be coming from Amazon, but they'll be coming at different times because essentially they're coming from different places. Some of them will be coming from Amazon's own warehouse, some of them will be coming from somewhere else that they'll be uh, shipping them from. Um, and I think, you know, when you buy from Next or you buy from MS. Or you buy from some of those other brands, the way it works is they've got their own products in stock, but they've got a broader range of products that they have available to sell, but they're being shipped directly from that particular brand's warehouse. 
it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out over time. But my my instinct is I think it will become just another sort of core uh, way that we that we shop and we feel comfortable with. Um, and certainly everything you've raised around the circular economy is really important. And and you know pre-loved items or uh, resellers growing at five times the rate of standard retail. So more and more of us now are proactively going out of our way looking for you know secondhand items, looking for recycled items, products that are pre-loved as they call them in the luxury space, uh, vintage items, etc. Um, and I, I do really like that idea of you know being able to narrate something about the heritage of a, of a product that's gone through multiple owners previously or even just one owner. Um, and I think increasingly consumers are going to be looking at that almost as a, you know, buying something that isn't new is almost like a badge of honor rather than always going for the new products, but actually buying something that's got a history where you feel as if you're doing your part for the planet um, will be a, will be a part of your motivation as well. Marie Claire, Leila, Dave, thank you so much as always for all your great feedback. Sorry to hear about your trials and tribulations earlier. Watch is going as you're coming off the motorway, boilers blowing up, rent increases, and so on and so forth. Um, all, all joking aside, it's not it's not a joke, and it's a difficult time for you all. It's a difficult time for everyone. So, but I remain hopeful that uh, the, the the rest of this year is going to look a little bit better. It feels like things inflation will start to unwind a bit, interest rates will start to unwind a bit, and the second half of the year will be more positive. And hopefully, as the weather improves as well, we can all get out there and start to enjoy ourselves and feel a bit better about things. So thank you so much for sharing your feedback about how you feel about things currently. Um, I'm sure all of our listeners find that very insightful. And thank you for your feedback also on your perception of marketplaces and what those entail. I'll be interested to see how that develops in the future. I look forward to seeing you the next time. Thanks to you all for listening. My name is Martin Newman, Consumer Champion, and thanks for listening to the podcast.